Hi. Welcome. I am Laura and I teach improv teachers. I teach people that uh, want to start teaching improv or those that just want to teach more. And if you are the type of improviser who thinks, well, Laura, I have nothing to teach, then I am talking to you today. Why? Because I recently had a really fun uh, free Zoom session where a bunch of improvisers came into my Zoom room and I helped them find a topic to teach. And believe me, that room was full of people who said, I don't think I have something to teach. And this is something that makes me very motivated and excited because if there is one thing I very much believe in is that if we have more different types of people teaching improv, then the improv world and the rest of the world will be a better place. So if I can help you discover what you could possibly teach, then hopefully it will make you feel a little more confident to take a next step. So what I am going to talk to you today is the different arguments a few of the people that were in my Zoom room last week uh, told me as arguments of why they thought they had nothing to teach. And maybe one of those is also your argument of, well, this is why I'm, I don't think I should be teaching. So let me give you some pep talk and, uh, and debunk some beliefs. Uh, and who knows, maybe uh, it tickles you to maybe, maybe consider teaching or maybe, maybe consider teaching more. And at the end, I have some good news because this Zoom session that I did, again, it was live, it was only half an hour. Uh, I'm going to do it again and I'm happy to invite you for it. But that's later. First, let me uh, talk to you about the three examples of uh, reasons why any improviser would feel they have nothing to teach. And what I will keep coming back to is what you think is a reason to not teach is actually a reason to teach. All right, example number one was, there was someone in the Zoom room who said, I am not a full-time improviser. I actually work in a different field. So, you know, who am I to teach? And I think this is actually a really great, great uh, added value to uh, the improv world and the non-improv world if your expertise is not per se improv. Because, well, there are two ways how you can go about this. And whichever one sounds most interesting to you, go that way. And one way is you have amazing insight in the field that you consider your your main field maybe your expertise or maybe just something you know more about so let's say you work in it that is a field that you know something about you know what type of people work there you know the issues they run into and you probably also know how improv has helped you manage that better because many of us who do improv on the side have experienced like, whoa, I am actually now in the workplace much better to deal with mistakes or, hey, 
uh, as a mother, now that I am doing improv next week, I realize how I can say yes better. Like whatever it is that you do most of the time, uh, you are bringing improv into there. And that means you also know how it can be of added value. So you giving a uh, improv principles for IT people or how to use improv uh, as a parent, that is an immensely interesting workshop. And you don't know how much you already know, especially compared to your fellow IT colleagues or uh, your uh, fellow parents on the playground. The other way you can go about this is to bring your expertise or the thing you know more about, not everyone feels comfortable saying expertise, whatever you know more about, you can bring that to improv. And that gives a really interesting angle to the, the art of improv. Uh, one of the examples that um, of someone that I uh, talked to that wasn't sure if they had something to add to the already existing improv community. Um, they were a graphic designer. And just knowing more things about graphic design, that is so interesting for improv because it can mean that you can bring like the, the um, theories or the insights that graphic design has to improv. And what does that have to offer for improvisers who have had maybe already 10 character workshops and, and have done years of, I don't know, short form training. They have never done a workshop about graphic design principles applied to improv. So you don't need to be a super experienced improviser for that. If you know some more things about whatever field, let's say graphic design, it's so interesting to see how it can be of added value to improv. So you not being a full-time improviser, that is your superpower. It's not a weakness because you have something to bring to both fields. All right, second example that happened in this Zoom session about finding your topic. That is that someone said, I am not as funny, I always play emotions. And this is sort of an example of, I am not as blank, I am actually more something else. And basically what you're saying is, I believe that improv needs people that are something and I am not that something. But know that that is actually great. Like if you feel like you are not as funny as a good improv teacher should be, you know, whatever that is, that is your superpower. Because if you feel like I am not as funny, I play more emotions, that is great. Because we need more of that in improv too. We probably have enough funny people. Let's have more people that uh, will encourage emotions in improv. And like I said, this is just an example. Uh, I've also heard I am not as quick. I am more of a slow player. Well, this assumes that, you know, for improv, you need to be quick. And yes, we see that a bunch, but would improv improve? Improv improve, yes, <laughs> improv improve. With having uh, also people that teach slow play or slow improv? Yes, totally. So your uh, what you consider a weakness is your superpower. 
there is so much, so many interesting topics in what you think uh, separates you from uh, the average improviser. And that is exactly what the gold is. So what you feel you're missing is the start of a really interesting topic for a workshop. All right, third example is, this is also something I've heard in uh, the, uh, the Zoom session was, I am not good at one thing. I'm a bit of everything. Uh, even you could say like, I'm a jack of all trades. And that also creates a whole range of possibilities. Because where you think like, oh, I don't have like one specific thing, it actually means that there is a choice. You have this wide range of topics to choose from. And that is not a weakness because your broad interest or the fact that you get excited about many different topics, hey, I'm, I'm exactly like that, <laughs> I have that too. That creates a starting point that might feel overwhelming at first, but just choose one and then you know that there are like so many other ones to choose from if for whatever reason this one um, is not interesting to you for a very long time or if people are not signing up for it, you have plenty to choose from. Now, which one to choose first? That depends a little bit on what type of person you are. I have recommended some people to go for the low hanging fruit. So to basically say whatever feels easy, whichever topic is the most like, oh, when I think of this topic, then I already know one or two exercises. Or um, when I think of this topic, it relaxes me when the other topic is kind of scary. So that would be the low hanging fruit. Uh, but for some other people, I might say, uh, if you have multiple topics to choose from, pick the one that fits the most with how people see you. And sometimes you need to ask them about it, uh, but how people see you can be a good way to uh, have a first workshop that really fits with uh, how people are, have already an image of you. So uh, let's say if you are on stage and uh, it's very clear that you also, I don't know, you're really great at rhyming, then of all the workshop topics you uh, can pick from, pick the one that people have already pointed out as like, whoa, she is the one who is also really great at rhyming. Um, I'm a more physical player. And even though I had a lot of interest in also teaching long form stuff and more story things, I knew that what people associated me with was physicality. So a workshop around physicality was on brand, <laughs> as they say. So uh, if the if you already feel um, nice and confident, then, you know, instead of going for the one that feels easy, pick the one that uh, is on brand, because possibly that might be an easier topic to find people for and come join your workshop. So these were just some uh, experiences I had uh, having improvisers with me in a Zoom room and uh, having them tell me why they think they have nothing to teach. And me like asking them questions and little poking in them and pep talking them, that is what I just love doing. So if you would like me to do that with you lovingly, 
uh, I do another one this Tuesday, 2nd of March, uh, 2021, if you happen to see this very late. Uh, it's from 10 a.m. in uh, the morning, that is 10 a.m. Central European time, and uh, it's only cost like 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, I will uh, help you find a topic that you could teach, and then it's up to you to see what you do with it. I would love for you to join me, uh, see the link to the event, uh, and uh, I hope to see you there or in one of the next lessons I give here.